Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Welcome back to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. I'm Ross Hillier, your host, and today we are going over one of my favorite topics ever for this solo show. It's a Thursday, so we're doing solo show. It's a little bit shorter of an episode if you haven't caught one of these before. Uh, but we are going over something near and dear to my heart, and that is the home gym. So I get all kinds of questions about what is essential for a home gym setup, what do I need to start with, what should I aspire to, um, all kinds of equipment questions, all kinds of space questions. Um, we could really make this a long, long podcast episode going over all these things. But in this one today, I'm sure we'll even do some future ones. And I've actually got some ideas to bring some people on that specialize in this kind of thing to talk about this. But for this the purpose of this episode today, we're just going to cover what I consider to be like the home gym essentials, uh, the ultimate guide, right? The, the, the essentials. What do you need to start with? What is the, the first couple of things you should look at getting? Um, maybe the next round of things you should like look at getting and then the best ways to go about getting that stuff. So I know that that's a question that a lot of people are having, especially right now when it seems like getting equipment for a gym for your house is, is impossible. But we're going to go over a couple of those things. So before we get into all that, you got to hear me do the spiel like you do every single time. Uh, if you have not done so yet, please, wherever you're listening, go and rate, review, subscribe. It really helps the show get seen by and found by more people if there's good positive reviews, five-star ratings, that whole thing. So if you don't mind, please go and do that and then we can continue to grow this podcast and have it be something that's really special. So let's get into all of the home gym stuff. So if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know, and if you've listened to, I think, episode two of this show, you know that kettlebells are a main part of my training and my coaching style and the things that I program for with the guys that I coach. So obviously, 
we're going to start there because I think it's one of the most versatile pieces of equipment that you can have in general, not let alone just for starting out at a home gym. So uh, I'm not going to get too deep into the different weights and stuff of kettlebells because I did a whole episode on that. So if you want to listen and find out like which weights you need to select and and go that route, if you're new to kettlebells, just go back and listen to episode two, which is like the getting started with kettlebells episode. But if you're brand new to the home gym setup and you're looking for something that I can be extremely versatile with in terms of selecting workouts and different movement patterns and doing different exercises, my opinion is the kettlebell is your best bet to get going. Uh, you don't need more than one really to start, but again, just go back and listen to that episode. It's got all the getting started with kettlebells is what it's called. You can listen to all of the things that I tell you to go over when you're looking for which kettlebells do I get, what size, what weight, all that kind of stuff. So kettlebells are going to be number one. Second, in my opinion, is going to be the sandbag. And now there are a couple of reasons why. So I am all about when it comes to equipment that I select, I am all about uh, what's going to be essential and the, the minimum effective dose right with needing the the minimal amount of stuff the minimal amount of time commitment but what can i get the maximum amount of return on my investment in that time and and literally sometimes the return on investment on the money that i spent to get the piece of equipment right uh there's really awesome things that you can do when you have a decked out awesome full squat rack thing in your in your garage setup with nice floors and dumbbells in every weights imaginable and all these cool pieces of equipment none of that is bad all of it's awesome but a lot of people don't have the means the space the time to put all that stuff together so other than the kettlebell i believe that having a small amount, maybe like anywhere from two to four different sandbag weights is about as good as it can get in. And in some cases, even better than having barbells or uh, dumbbells, even in some cases, depending on what weights of your sandbag. So there are a couple of different places that make really good sandbags. All of the ones that I have are made by StrongFit. So if you go to strongfitequipment.com, you can find all the ones that I use. I The ones that I use range in weights from 60 all the way up to 250 pounds. And I, you can do everything with them. You can press them, you can squat with them, you can uh, deadlift them off the ground, you can do Atlas Stone type works, carry them, throw them, uh, all of the things that you would do with any other piece of equipment you can do with a sandbag and it's going to challenge you in some different ways because the sand shifts, it moves around, uh, you're going to be challenging your grip because especially with the strong fit ones, they, they don't have any handles on them. So you're just grabbing the bag itself and really developing your hand and grip strength, which I that's the reason that I use those ones. So sandbags are going to be number two. Uh, th- so strong fit makes great sandbags. Rogue makes good sandbags. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch more that make, you know, good quality sandbags. Or if you want to go the DIY route, you can just get a duffel bag or a backpack and go fill it up with sand and put it in some filler bags or like a, what I would do, what I've done in the past is get a duffel bag and a garbage sack and fill the garbage sack up with sand and then put that inside the duffel bag just so sand's not getting in the zippers and all that kind of stuff. And then just duct tape the heck out of it. And you've got yourself a perfectly functional sandbag. There's a DIY version version for just about everything that you can have in terms of home gym equipment. It's just a matter of what your budget is, what you're looking to get, and how big you want to go, really. So if you want to spend a little bit of money, there's some really great quality sandbags out there, or you can do the traditional 
literal sand in a backpack duct taped up and it'll work just as well. So you're only limited by your imagination when it comes to what you're going to actually need for your home gym. And it can be whatever you make it, which is the really cool part about creating this space that's going to be kind of your little dojo for strength and for health. And you can create it however you want, which is the main reason why I'm such a big proponent of them because I was sick of, and and this is coming from someone that worked in gyms for years. I was sick of always needing to, I I was always ticked about the way that the gyms that I was in were set up. I didn't like the flow of a lot of them. Uh, The equipment wasn't exactly the types of things that I wanted. And I, the things I wanted to do, I wasn't allowed to do in the gym because I was either making noise or uh, they wouldn't let me train barefoot or the music was crappy or the lighting was crappy. And all of these things go into the experience of training. And so when you have this whole setup that is important to you and you've created it and you've built it, you're going to be A, invested more in it and want to train more in that space, but you're going to be more invested in your training itself. And when you're in there, you're just going to be in the right headspace. And it's going to be something that makes it easier for you to want to go train and you're going to train better, you're going to train harder, and you're going to get better results that way. So that's why I am such a big proponent of the home gym to kind of dovetail off there in a direction after number two. But uh, that's the reason that I feel so passionately about this because I And I think a lot of people in the last year specifically are finding that that's the case because when the gym shut down for a long time and depending on where you live, gyms still might be shut down, which is ridiculous. Uh, But they're finding out that you would much rather be at home and do all the things that you can do and save yourself time from commuting. The average gym commute time is like 20 or 25 minutes or something like that. So if you're thinking you've got an hour long workout, if you're going to a CrossFit gym or something where you're attending like a strength training class or your normal workout is anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, you can actually bank on the fact that it'll be almost double that when you factor in the commute and then you add on 10 minutes, 15 minutes to get walking into the gym, get your stuff put away, get warmed up, then go back and get your stuff out of the lockers and come back out. And you're actually looking at more of a two-hour commitment versus walking straight into your garage or straight outside, having everything that you need already set up and planned for the workout. And you, now you're actually only committing about 45 minutes to an hour if that's what your goal is. It can it can be whatever you want it, which is why it's so awesome. So we're doing this list in order of what I would go after first, and then we'll get into like all the fun different things that you can have. So we have kettlebells first, sandbags second, dumbbells are going to be third, uh, just because it's another thing that takes up very little space, which is obviously something that we have to be concerned about when you're creating a home gym is the space that you have to work with. Not everybody has, you know, a 15 foot by 20 foot chunk of a garage that they can turn into a gym and just do whatever they want. Some people have to put things under their bed until they're ready to use them. Uh, and so space saving considered dumbbells are another great option. And, uh, Follow the same recommendations really as you do with the kettlebells in terms of selecting weights, but dumbbells are going to be what I go after third. And then after that, and then kind of really depending on, you know, there's no real, it's going to be like three and three A, I guess. Uh, So three is going to be dumbbells. Three A would be some form of a pull-up bar whether that is a set of rings that you can loop around a rafter in your garage or an actual pull-up bar that you can mount to the wall or to the ceiling or whatever it is, or even one of those ones that uh, flips up and connects inside a door jam. 
a pull-up bar is another one that I would consider to be essential to get that vertical pulling motion. You can do a lot of things scale-wise as for rowing exercises with all three of the previously mentioned pieces of equipment, but uh, I would say pull-up bar is going to be a really good bet. And really, so three is done. You know what? This is all going to be just like one thing. There's real no correct order for this. Uh, if we're talking about the space-saving things, because I was going to add another one in here, and that's going to be some form of resistance band. So we'll just make it number four because I want to continue with the actual thing of n- having numbered lists. So number four is going to be resistance bands because that's going to give you the, ap- the ability to scale the pull-ups and uh, whether you can turn that in and sit down on the ground and turn it into like a lat pull-down, looping the band up over the pull-up bar, or actually pushing yourself in the band on the pull-up bar to aid yourself and do aided pull-ups. Um, but then you have all kinds of other exercises that you can do with resistance bands with curls and pull-aparts and all variations of forms of squats and hinges with added resistance. I mean, it, the options are endless. I'm not going to go over every single exercise that you can do because if you can think of an exercise, you can do it with any of the things that we've listed so far. So really, it's just a matter of taking the pieces of equipment that you want to use and adapting your training to that rather than uh, trying to get, or, or rather than getting mad that you don't have a barbell with 250 pounds or more so you can do your deadlifts or your cleans or your snatches or, squ- or back squats or whatever it is in your rack, which by the way, all that stuff is going to be on this list. But you can still achieve crazy levels of strength and fitness with things that aren't taking up so much space or cost as much money and still get the same levels of strength and fitness. And I, and I would argue in some cases even better just because of the way that sandbags specifically are utilized when you train with them. You're using a lot more rotational strength. You're using a lot more grip and forearm and hand strength than you would with a with just a barbell even though that trains grip and, and forearm strength immensely. There's just a lot of other benefits that I see with sandbags, which is why I've kind of floated away from the barbell. I still have barbells and weights. I have about 270 pounds of weight, so not even close to what I've maxed, deadlifted, or or uh, back squatted or anything like that in the past. But I don't use it for max max weight reps anymore. I do a lot of volume work or technique work if I use a barbell, if I'm working power cleans or even if I want to do some front squats or anything like that, I'll just use a barbell for those kind of things and, and work up more technique maxes rather than actual full-on one rep maxes. I just don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Not to say it's bad. You can do it if you've got the ability and the equipment and the weights available to you, but that's just where I am in my training right now. I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. I did it for a very long time, and I'm kind of floating through this other phase of uh, working a lot more athletic movements or not athletic movements, but movements that complement what I'm doing with jujitsu and just wanting to feel better all the time and not wanting to feel like I deadlifted 400 pounds plus the day before, but feeling like that all the time. So that's why I picked the items that I do. So let's do a quick recap real quick before we keep going. One is sandbags, two, or sorry, one is kettlebells, two is sandbags, three is dumbbells, three A is a pull-up bar, four is resistance bands. And then once you have those things, you realize that you, I mean, 
everything after that are just the the nice to haves. So I would consider those first five things, if you count three A, yeah. So first five things, the the need to haves or the essentials, everything after that is just like if I've got the money, I've got the space, I've got the time to install all this stuff, now we can get some of this fun stuff. Right. And so that's where I would consider the squat racks, the barbells, um, maybe some of the full like full out power racks where you can do bench uh, bench squats uh, or bench squats. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's early in the morning. Bench press, squats, front squats, uh, heavier presses, things that are more utilized in a heavier power rack where you maybe got some safety bars, that kind of stuff. You can go a little bit heavier. So um, that would be the, the nice to haves would be in that section. And then there's obviously all kinds of really high techie types of things that were really specific for specific outcomes of training that you can, you know, there's all, you get inundated with all kinds of Instagram things uh, of new pieces of equipment. And after, after those five things that I mentioned, it's all just in the, in, like I said, the nice to have categories. So pivoting from that, a couple of things that I would include in a home gym setup that aren't necessarily equipment related to a workout are two main things. Uh, and these are going to also kind of fall into the nice to have sections because if you get a nice one, they cost a bit of money and there probably still is some DIY ways to make them, but you're going to have to watch a lot of YouTube videos or get some contractors that know what they're doing and can help you do it for super cheap, right? So the first one is going to be a sauna. There are all kinds of benefits for years and years and years. I'm talking like hundreds of years of you know, Nordic countries, Scandinavian countries, even in Eastern cultures using uh, dry saunas of the benefits of using a sauna. It's just become one of those things that's really popular now because we're, we have a lot of the sciencey data to point to why it's helpful using heat shock proteins and improved circulation, improved uh, blood flow. All of these things are going to be improve recovery, improve your sleep, improve your skin health. All of these things are very important. So it's if you can have a sauna, I would I would really recommend you go that route. Then if you decide to have one, you have the option of going like old traditional Finnish sauna where it's heat, whether you do wood or electric, or you can go infrared, which a lot of people are doing now. Um, both have all kinds of places that you can buy the kits for them online, get delivered and put it together. Or you can go the DIY route and watch some YouTube videos. I watched one that a guy scrapped a bunch of pallet wood and built a finished sauna out of old pallet wood. And his stove was a wood fired stove that he sliced out of an old propane tank and then built the chimney with old steel tubes and stuff. But I mean, it was about as DIY as it gets, but it worked perfectly. And it probably cost him nothing other than just the tools he at some point had to buy that he had on hand to make this stuff. So really, again, imagination is key for what you're trying to do with your home gym setup. The second piece of that is going to be the opposite of the sauna, and that's going to be a cold plunge, an ice tank, uh, any kind of cold shock therapy. If you don't want to spend the money to get a tub or a tank or anything, there's always just the shower or the bathtub that you can pour ice into, right? You don't need to go out and buy a tub. Um, I like to have all that stuff kind of in one place. So the way that I went was I got a... I believe it's 17 foot, cubic foot, not 17 foot long, that'd be insane, 17 cubic foot chest freezer. And you may have seen on videos of YouTube or Instagram or whatever guys sitting in chest freezers filled with water. So I'll give you a quick rundown. This could actually be its own episode in itself as well. But with the freezer, uh, you 
make sure it's well sealed. You don't want one that's got holes in it, obviously, but then you still go in and I use uh, you know, sealant and get all the creases to make sure there aren't gonna be any leaks anywhere. And I crease with the sealant all of those, all of those creases inside the tank. You let it sit for a couple of days to make sure it gets nice and dry. Then you can fill up the tank. Uh, you got to remember when you fill it up, you're going to be getting in it. So you're going to display some water. So don't fill it all the way up to the brim because if you do, you sit in it and half of it's going to spill out of the tub, right? So when you do this, what I like to have is it's, it's literally like a sprinkler timer that you would plug in and plug into like a sprinkler box. You can get them for like 15 bucks at Walmart and you can set it to where the it's solar powered so the as soon as it gets dark it turns on and so it would only turn on for either two or four or six or eight hours every night rather than run 24 7 because if you do that you can imagine uh if you leave it going you know for three days you'll come in and your freezer will be destroyed because you've got an expanding just six thousand pound block of ice inside a freezer right so what I like to do is when I first fill it up with water, I'll run it for about two days nonstop because that will get it to the temperature that I like, which is in that high 30s, low 40s. And then I'll plug in my timer to it and then run it just for probably, depending on the time of year, if it's the summertime, I'll run it for four hours every night. And that's usually enough to keep it at that temperature because then it shuts off the rest of the day. It's only running for a few hours every night. And that keeps it at that temperature. I also dump... Uh, a crap ton of Epsom salt, some essential oils in there to kind of give it that little nice smell, spa kind of feeling just because it makes me enjoy it more. Um, and then disclaimer, if you're getting into a freezer, unplug the freezer from the outlet before you get in. You know, I some of those things just don't cross people's minds. I'm not saying you're dumb if you do that, but let's be honest and think things through a little bit. So you don't want to get into something that's filled with water and plugged into an electrical outlet, right? I I mean, you would think I wouldn't have to say that, but there's your disclaimer. Unplug the freezer before you get into it and then do whatever you're going to do in the freezer. Uh, If it's three minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, then you can plug it back in when you get back out. So that's kind of the rundown for the freezer setup. I can do a couple, I I actually have a couple of videos about my current setup that I'll link in the show notes. But those are going to be the two things on the recovery side that I like to have around. And I don't have a sauna, um, but there is one at the, at the, the rec center down the street that I can go to anytime I want. So I tend to do that until I find the space and the type of sauna and save the money in order to buy one. So, but I do have the freezer. So I use that a lot, especially in the summertime. So those are the two things as far as recovery type items that I would include in the gym. And then finally, uh, I get asked a lot about flooring. Uh, depending on what you're, you know, if you're in a garage, if it's outside, like my patio gym is during the summer, it's outside, uh, or it's in a shed or, you know, wherever it is, flooring is obviously something that is important. Um, if you want to go the exact bare minimum, you can just get horse, horse trailer stall mats, right? And there's a, like a, a hardware slash farm and garden store around here called DNB. And that's where I get mine. They're like 14 bucks for a four by seven foot, I believe. So really, really, really inexpensive. And so you can uh, cut, I mean, they're about, I think they're three quarter inch thick are the ones that I have, but just thick rubber 
uh, horse trailer stall mats. So get those. You can put them in the garage, wherever, and it's super affordable version to help absorb some shock from dropping weights, depending on where you're training. If you're training in your garage, you don't want to crack your garage floors. Uh, some people train in their house. They don't have any of these things. So you can have one of these mats and it'll still absorb some of the shock and you're not going to crush floors. Um, they're not, you know, horse trailer mats obviously aren't made for that. So, you know, don't just assume that it's all going to work out great because you still might if you're dropping heavy enough weight. Like if you're deadlifting in your living room with on one of those mats, probably not the smartest idea anyways. However, there are some companies that make great flooring. Um, if you're looking at the indoor thing for the house, uh, Kettlebell Kings actually makes a really cool mat that is a square. It's not rectangular. So you have equal space to move around and stuff. And a lot of people use them for indoor training. So I would look at Kettlebell Kings. You can also look at any of the big uh, equipment manufacturers. They all have flooring options, Rogue, Sorenex, uh, Fringe Sport. There's their Titan Fitness, I think has some, but there's a ton. Uh, actually, if you go on YouTube and go to Garage Gym Reviews, i pretty sure he's got one or multiple videos on flooring that he can go over all the different options with you. And that's a really good, he's a really good resource for Coop is a really good resource for the home gym setup. So everything that I'm not talking about here, he's got a lot of in-depth reviews on certain types of equipment, which is what he does. So if you're looking at what you need to start with based on what I've talked about, go to his channel and find out his reviews on, on which ones you want to get and go with. Uh, and then the last thing I'll talk about on this episode is how do we acquire some of this stuff? There's the obvious answers of you can just purchase it straight from the, the websites or straight from the stores or whatever, but that can get pricey, obviously. And so some people are starting in that DIY mode or how can I make this as affordable as possible? And there's the beauty of things called Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. Uh, I know of some guys who really do like the, the trade up route it's like the, if you got, I'm going to, I'm going to quote the office here, but there's an episode where Dwight starts at this garage sale and he starts with like a thumbtack and he trades his way and barters his way for the whole episode and ends up with like this massive telescope at the end. And that's the approach that some guys take to uh, garage gym equipment or home gym equipment is they'll start with something really rusty, old and dinky, and then they'll trade something for a little bit better, right? And then they just keep doing that and they keep increasing the value and their return on what they've originally started with. And you have, you've, tons of ways to do that via Facebook marketplace. And you can generally find at this time, you know, this is the end of March, 2021, uh, a year ago, people were gouging prices for home gym equipment, right? At this time, because everybody was stuck at home, no gyms were open at all. And so other than the fact that everything was sold out everywhere. The people that were selling stuff on marketplace were charging like five bucks a pound for weights, which is just insane. You At this point, it's kind of cooled down a bit. You can see some lower prices for that kind of stuff because you're still fighting the, with a lot of the manufacturers, you're still fighting stock amounts and, and availability. Some They're not as fully loaded all the time as they used to be because things just fly off the shelves still every time they restock stuff. So you can search and scour Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other apps for that kind of thing. Use those and actually work some trades if you've got some stuff that you can trade for them. Uh, but you can still find some better prices generally on used stuff, which is the route that I go. And even around here in the Boise area, there are, there are a couple of stores that sell equipment to gyms that house a lot of used equipment that they'll resell at a lot lower prices. So maybe check your area if you've got one of those gym outfitter type places and they've usually got a lot of 
uh, used equipment as well. So that is my guide to home gym starting. How do we, what, like what equipment we go with, what types of things for actual training, things for recovery, flooring, how to get it. That's kind of the, the, the quickest way I can go through all of this stuff. And like I said, there's some people that I'm talking to about coming on for an interview that can go a lot more in depth about how to build this, some of this stuff out or better ways to go through this. But that's how I started with mine. Mine's still a work in progress. I'm still adding to it and uh, doing things like that you know, constantly. So this isn't, it might not ever be something I consider it done, right? I'm always going to be thinking, what can I add? What can I take away? You know, I'm done with this for the foreseeable future. I can sell this or whatever. So think of it as a project, as an ongoing project. And you're only as, you know, you're, you're only as limited as your imagination for what you want in your home gym. So have fun with it and reach out if I can help uh, give you some ideas or things about how to set it up so it flows a little bit easier. I love that process of it is like actually get doing the feng shui of the home gym setup. So if I can help out at all with that, reach out to me, email me coachross at nomad-strength.com or you can reach out on Instagram at coachrosshillier and I'd love to help you out. So have a good week end. This is coming out on a Thursday, so I guess whenever you're listening to it, I'm going to say good, have a good weekend, and then we'll see you guys on Monday with the next interview, and I'll talk to you all soon. Mm-hmm.